welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 144. No special thing about 144 this time around. I know I had the 143 thing earlier, but uh, we are coming off the heels of a win, the first ever win for the San Jose Sharks against the Seattle Kraken. How about that, huh? It's so sad. Uh, it is kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's almost March, and they finally got a win against the Kraken. <laughs> well, this is only the third time they played them, to be fair. But yes, the first two meetings, uh, Kraken did take that one away. They're not last in the Pacific, but they are down there. Uh, they are funny. You should, they, Seattle's last in the Pacific. Oh, they are? Yes. Um, and they're third to last in the NHL. Okay, then. So... <laughs> They have 16 wins, 14 in regulation. Two of those are against the Sharks. <laughs> well, not one tonight, at least. So we pick up the two points. Happy about that. Uh, we can talk about the games from this uh, previous week here. Uh, but I think first, Aaron wanted to touch on the Mario Ferraro injury that happened the game previous against Boston. Yeah, this happened last night. I was at the game last night, and uh, it was actually like right in front of me. Um, hard to see because it was up against the boards. Uh, but Taylor Hall kind of bumped, nudged Ferraro into the boards as he was kind of stopping. Skates gave out, and he slid feet first into the boards, and uh, his ankle twisted wrong. Mm, yeah. We weren't sure. I mean, for us, we didn't get to see the replay in the, in the arena, so I didn't get to watch it until afterwards when I got home. But mm-hmm. um, it looked like it was either a high ankle sprain or something else worse, maybe a broken bone. And we find out today that he had broken his fibula. fibula. Was it... Uh, his lower, his lower left fibula, and he already had surgery today to repair it. Right. So they're expecting a recovery of six to eight weeks, which <laughs> is pretty much what's left of the season. Right. Yeah. So he's he's basically done. Um, I tell you what, Sharks fans everywhere with an upper body injury right now, uh, their heart, their heart is damaged. It's it's brutal, man. Like just that. <laughs> it's another one of the top yeah. guys. Out, he's Burns' for, go-to partner. Yes, I mean that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's no easy thing to replace. So um, it, yeah, it, it just it just sucks. Again, the Sharks have a player that is uh, you know a higher caliber on the team and is of great importance to the team, mm-hmm. and he gets injured and he's out for an extended period of time. I mean, not only that, but he's out of the locker room. He won't even be yeah. in the locker room to be with the guys um, during his recovery. So. I mean, not not suiting up. Maybe he puts the suit and, and cast on. I don't think they they usually keep injury players away okay. from the locker room. I mean, I don't know if they can keep Mario out, but that, that's typical. They don't usually go in the locker room because yeah. then guys are gonna you know you want them to focus on the game and stuff. Right, maybe right. it practices and stuff, but uh, he's probably gonna be rehabbing. Yeah. So he's not. It's not like he's gonna have a bunch of free time here. He's gonna be. Surgery's done now. Now he's going to be resting, but then he's going to have to rehab and, and get back. Because, um, I mean, going under the knife and you're a guy who is, is a professional athlete, you go under the knife and then you're recovering for a few days because you can't even walk, you're losing your muscle mass big time. Like, I I don't foresee him. I mean, unless the Sharks were in the playoffs, they would probably, he would probably be pushing himself to get that last weekend before the playoffs start right. uh, to kind of get back into game shape and, and the speed thing. But uh, that's that's gonna be a lot of muscle mass gone. So for me, I, it's not gonna be worth for him to push himself to get back that last week. You might yeah. as well get completely healthy, work that leg out like crazy, so that you come back next season strong and ready to you go. You know, interestingly for me, um, getting back to game speed is always one of those things that we talk about when a player gets injured and has to come back and play the game. Mario Ferraro for me is like the one player that I would not be too concerned with right. getting back to game speed because. 
his normal game speed is like hyper speed. <laughs> he's always, again, this is what I love about Mario Ferrari. He's always chugging and working and burning out there. You never see him coasting around and going slow. His 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 top speed, not just in a straight line, but his go, go, go. You know what I mean? He's got that effort. That that It means so much for, for this team and for the way that he plays. I, I don't expect that if he were to come back, uh, he would be too slow and have to right. take time to come up. Right, Eric Carlson. On the other hand, I could see him. You know, after a leg injury, I'm taking yeah. a little while to get back up to speed. We've seen Vlasic taking a while to get back to speed when he was injured uh, the season previous uh, or the season previous to that. I can't remember now. Regardless, um, I could see them taking a while. But for all for me, is he would just he'd be amped and jacked and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a clip here of Bob Bugner. This is from last night. So after the game where he got injured, they didn't know the extent of the injury just yet. But the question was, um, like, how hard is it to lose yet another defenseman yeah. that's in your starting lineup? Um, and then also there's some follow-up questions here about Ryan Merkley, who kind of, because he was out in that game, had to step up and yeah. get some bigger minutes. Uh, so kind of his thoughts on on both the injury to Ferraro and uh, uh, Ryan Merkley stepping up. No update. I know they're, uh, you know, checking him out, and uh, um, you know we'll, we'll probably know tomorrow, uh, a little more tomorrow morning. Um, but uh, um, yeah, it's just uh, one after another. Obviously, I think it was we talked about that this morning. I think twelve defensemen or something we've gone through already. Um, you know, and that's the other thing. I think that uh, we got eight regulars out of our lineup, right? If you if you start considering uh, Malosh and Magna and Carlson and Babank and Nishoff and. Rudy Balsers, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's uh, it's tough to, uh, you know, keep plugging holes every night. I think uh, I'll give credit to the guys, though. I thought they uh, they played hard and uh, they competed hard. And, uh, you know, we just got to find a way to come back tomorrow and, and uh, play, a smart game, play a smart game on a back-to-back. What did you think uh, of that hit by Hall? You know, I only got to see it once on the, uh, um, on the bench. And... Um, you know, it didn't look like there was a ton of contact to me. I, it looked like Merrill went in a little bit off balance, but it's, it's you know, I'd have to look at it again to give you an honest opinion. It was, there's so much going on over there back in the bench. And at the end of the game, it looked like uh, Ryan Murphy was getting a lot of minutes. Obviously, for all being out, obviously, was a part of the reason, but he was generating a lot of offense there. Just what did you think of his play? Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's his, uh, uh, you know, he made a mistake on the first goal. It was it was a, a difficult pinch to make at that time. Uh, um, you know, I, I guess I can call it a young mistake, but, uh, um, but you know, I thought he played fairly well the last two games. I thought that uh, um, you know he's learning. He's learning when to when to go and when not to go. And uh, you know, you saw at the end that uh, um, you know his his true uh, hockey sense and his and his assets are, are uh, you know being able to distribute that puck and, and make some plays under pressure. And I thought that uh, you know he he did well there. But uh, um, you know, he's coming along. He's, he's coming along, and he's starting to get a little bit of physicality to his game in the D zone, which we've been asking to jump the check a little harder and a little quicker. And those things are starting to come uh i just saw the comments sorry about the music super producer jason is going to fix that for the uh the feed later but uh you guys got to enjoy we like we like the song so yeah. much that we just kept playing it Come a little we extra. Talking. yeah it's you're okay. welcome you're welcome so i want to address something that bob said at the beginning of that clip he was talking about having you know i think he said going through 12 defensemen mm-hmm. uh eight of the regulars are, are out um, I think people tend to forget. They go, man, the Sharks are terrible. Yeah. You know, and you kind of leave it at that. And and the Sharks as just an entity, and you forget about all the things that make up the Sharks, right? Uh, there are a lot of players that are missing from this roster, and there there are a lot of guys that are coming in, stepping in, uh, filling holes. 
uh, as he had said, and to to think that these guys, and we saw it with Jonathan Dolan, he, he started off hot and then kind of just fell off a cliff. Nobody mm-hmm. has heard from him in a while. Um, a lot of these guys are just hanging on for dear life, right, in the NHL. They're doing the best that they can, yeah. and that's where the Sharks are right now. I think, again, if everybody was healthy, we'd see a different team, but this is what they have to work with, and they're all trying to step up in their own way, and the veterans are doing the best they can to snot and duct tape their lines <laughs> together with you know the guys that they're paired with or the guys that are on their line. Yeah. So I think fans sometimes maybe lose sight of that, of the fact that the Sharks – at any one given night are not the Sharks on another given night. It's a very different group. Oh, so. It's a very different very different team when you have eight of your regulars yeah. out of the lineup for regardless of who those guys are, if they're third, fourth line guys or top guys. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just the the amount of injuries or what do they call it, man game injuries. Man games lost or something like yeah, that. Yeah, due to injury. Yeah. Um, it's incredible for the Sharks. And the Sharks are just not built for the depth. They don't have the depth right. to, to plug in all these holes. I mean, you're, you're plugging one hole and trying to plug the other one, and the leak just keeps coming. So yeah. um, that's why I think people were, I think last week we were talking about getting rid of Bugner not, and saying he's not the answer. He's not the problem. <laughs> he's Bugner is the problem. not the problem. Bugner, to me, is doing a fantastic job of holding it all together as yeah. best as he can. Um, and the Sharks not, you know, absolutely tanking and falling to the bottom of the standings. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the other games uh, this week a little bit later on probably. But, I mean, essentially what it comes down to is five out of a possible eight points um, out of a trip that was the, the loss was, I mean, the, the, the loss where you got no points was against Boston. Boston's right. a pretty good team. Yeah. So um, to be able to pull out five out of the eight points still with, again, snot and duct tape for the most part, right? So... Uh, yeah, again, I don't think that Bob Bugner is the problem. Is he the best coach in the NHL? No, of course not. He's not the best coach in the NHL. Is he doing a pretty bang-up job with what he's got? Yeah, I have to take my hat off to the guy. I think he's he's done fine. He's done well. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think that the criticism is warranted. I don't think it's justified. Um, I think he's doing the best he can, and I, I really can't say uh, anything bad about it. Given the circumstances, I'd like to see some other coaches in the league go through this much adversity and see where, how, how they land, Absolutely. right? Without yeah. the depth that that team may have. They most likely would be fired. <laughs> and I'm not saying Bugner should be. I'm just saying like most yeah. other teams would be like, well, you can't handle that? Like, get out of here. Right. Um, anyway, as speaking of injuries, we have an update on Eric Carlson, his injury. He had surgery on January 24th. He also, his son was born a week after that, so kind of fortuitous timing on his part to have surgery because he was able to be home for a couple weeks while his second kid was born. Um, So, And he he mentioned that his wife was very thrilled about that, too. (laughs) Um, uh, But he also mentioned, I mean, he did, I think, an interview a week ago, earlier this week, um, that uh, this injury was something that had been lingering from before the season started, and it just progressively got worse. Mm. And it, all we know is there's a forearm injury. I don't think we know any specifics, but um, that's kind of interesting that this was another thing that carried into the season, I suppose. Um, but the good news is that he was supposed to be reevaluated in mid-March, and he's most likely going to be back by mid-March. Right. So he's about two weeks away. He's not quite practicing um, I think he's going to start skating soon and, and be practicing very soon. But he mentioned that uh, he wouldn't be ready for an NHL game because it's going to take probably one slash on that arm and he's yeah. going to be done. So he's going to have to build up strength, muscle, um, get back up to speed and everything else. But looks like Carlson should be coming back 
Right around close to the trade deadline. None. <laughs> don't, don't you dare. <laughs> don't start. Because you know what they're going to do in the comments, man. Just say <laughs> stuff like that. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, you know, it's not just upper body injury. Everybody knows where it is. So that slash on the arm might be coming sooner than later. Right. And it's the unfortunate truth of it, right? Yeah. So, so I was say, without Carlson in the lineup, the Sharks went 3-5-2. and two. Was it 3-5-2 and two or 2? Oh, well, tonight. Tonight. tonight including three, tonight's game. 3-5-2. But one of those is a shootout win. So it's yeah. really, you know, an NHL 3-5-2. and two. Yeah. To me, that's two regulation wins, five regulation losses, and then a, three games that went to overtime, I suppose right. you could say. Right. So three ties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think if Carlson's in the lineup, obviously, uh, you get that extra little punch. We talked about this before, mm-hmm. I think as early as uh, last episode, even where... You know, this is this is a guy that helps push that play. Uh, he helps the get that puck across the blue line to help get you set up in the zone. Now, interestingly, the power play has actually been doing pretty well uh, without him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to stray away from Eric Carlson conversation necessarily, but I want to say Ryan Merkley looks pretty good, pretty good around in that second unit. He uh, his. Bread and butter to me is dancing on that blue line yep. when he has the puck on his stick. He's not always perfect. Yeah. But tonight he missed a couple, or he he, he uh, mishandled the puck a couple times. But um, uh, absolute, his skating is unreal, and his puck possession just just making penalty killers look like fools up there. It's fantastic. And, I love it. And you mentioned his skating, and one of the things I wanted to talk about actually was in tonight's game. Mm-hmm. He had the puck. He was bringing it up through the neutral zone. Now he does the the. Turn backwards, look back like he's gonna make the pass. I think he was actually mohawking at the time, and he's he's looking back like he's gonna do it, and the, the person defending him bites on it and starts to slow up to go and play where he's supposed to pass it. Just turns himself right back around and walks across that blue line, and it it felt like Eric Carlson to mm-hmm. me. It felt very much like I am comfortable with the puck. I'm comfortable if you're nearby that I can I can control it still. Mm-hmm. It's not an issue. I'm happy doing this. And he was calm, cool, and collected while he did it, and he just coasted right across the blue lines, uh, right across the blue line. No issues. Was just very content, and he looked very comfortable. And uh, again, for me, just it was a moment in time. I'm not trying to get you know over the top here. It was a moment in time. But if that's the type of thing that he can start bringing night in, night out he's going to find himself on an NHL roster, even if it's not with the Sharks. He's going to find himself on an NHL roster doing exactly that, being that you know that power play specialist type player who is still a threat five on five. Maybe mm-hmm. he's a little bit of a liability defensively here and there, but the NHL is chock full of these guys too, right? It's not like they're, yeah. it's a dead position. You know, you've got guys that can generate offense that you have to pair with somebody who can be that stalwart, right? We mm-hmm. saw with, with Burns and, and Shimmick when Shimmick was his partner, right? That Shimmick is all D, all day. Uh, which, by the way, we saw another uh, big hit from Shimmick today at the blue line. He's he's uh, very good at that. But anyway, um, just a little bit of defenseman talk since we're missing so many of them. I want to pump <laughs> these guys up, man. They're doing a great job, I think. So a- Anthony Sanchez says, Merkley needs to get stronger on his defensive game. Sure. Absolutely. That's kind of what has slowed his progression into being an NHL regular. Um, going into the season, everyone was kind of expecting him to be one, but... I think just his defensive, his offensive is yeah. is not the problem. His offense is not the problem. It's his defensive game liabilities, the reads on when to um, what's the, what's the word uh, pinch when to step not, up, when to right. pinch. Well, yeah, yeah, and and uh, what well, we heard Bugner say, oh, it was his fault basically on that goal because yeah. he he misread that pinch, um, and it's kind of a rookie mistake. Right. So he's going to have a lot of those. There's going to be some growing pains with him. 
he is going to be, and he needs to get bigger. He needs to bulk up. And remember, he's for his age or for his age group, he's young. He's on the yeah. young side of it, so he's only twenty one, I believe. And to be fair, he's started that process. He has bulked up a little bit. He has gotten bigger, and the more he continues to do that, obviously, the bigger he's going to get. The stronger he's going to get. The stronger on his skates he's going to get. He has that strength in his skating uh, not to get pushed off the puck so easily. Um, it, it's just it's going to grow with that experience. And his confidence with the puck is just going to be that much more than it already is. His vision on the ice is phenomenal. You see him making these passes or at least attempting to find these passes. Guys that are, you know, sort of open, but he can hit them, right? Um, Even tonight you saw him just kind of, he wanted a pass and he just turned and took a shot instead. You don't normally see that out of Ryan Merkley. He he wants to find the pass first. He's that kind of type of player, but Mm. um, he, again, confident enough that, you know, I'm just going to rip it on net, and he fired it on. And I want to see him shoot more because last night's game, he got himself into some really good positions in the slot where he dekes the guy at the blue line and skates into the, you know, the top of the slot area and has a good angle to shoot at, and then he passed it away. It's like you had the time and the space. Yeah. Rip it. Just rip it. Yeah. So I think that's going to build over time as well. Like, yes, his offense is good, but it's the confidence that you belong in the league, right. you're doing good things, and you can make the plays. That's what will slowly come over time, and we're starting to kind of see it now. Yeah. I want to say uh, real quick here that we didn't get to do at the top of the show. If oh, First of all, if you're enjoying the conversation right now, go ahead and hit that like button. Uh, if you want to be a part of the lives of uh, going forward and you're not subscribed to us, please hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell so that you know when we are going live. That way you can be part of this conversation all the time. Also, if you've got friends, some of you don't, it's okay. <laughs> but if you've got friends and family, please uh, retweet us, uh, share us, whatever it is, get us out there. Do it right now, actually. Uh, get those people in here, get those conversations flowing because we do enjoy uh, all the comments and whatnot. Speaking of comments, do we have any comments you want to address right now before we jump on to the next one? It's basically into our next topic. So. Let's do that. See, I can segue without even trying. You don't even know. I just use these people to do it. Go ahead. Well, I was going to talk about the standings, but <laughs> okay. uh, we could circle back to that because sure. it's all related. Sure. Uh, we are going to talk about Hurdle Watch. Oh, God. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the trade deadline is coming. <laughs> yes, it is. It's imminent. We're about three weeks away, roughly. Three weeks tomorrow, I believe, um, is the trade deadline. And uh, we talked about this two weeks ago, that these next two weeks are pivotal yeah. to figure out what's going to happen with Hurdle. Is yeah. he going to re-sign? Are they going to trade him? There, and Joe Will, we had clips last week of Joe Will talking about it, um, who is the acting GM right now for the Sharks. Um, he basically said they're working on re-signing. They haven't talked about any other options at the moment. Right. Uh, what I think, I think the Sharks, I mean, they're not dumb. They're not flying by the sea of their pants. They have multiple plans set out based on where the Sharks are at certain points. Totally. If they don't have X amount of points or they aren't X amount of points away from moving up in the standings by this date, this happens. If they are, this happens. If they are, might, this happens. I think they're getting to that point where they're not going to make playoffs. It's seeming very, very likely right now. I mean, Hurdle is just one of the pieces that could be moved. I'm not saying he will be. Yeah. But he's also the best way of us getting anything back that's worth it. He's going to be your biggest return. Exactly. He's absolutely going to be your biggest return. The only thing I don't like about a Hurdle trade, and I brought this up in previous show, was you're going to trade him to a team that is probably going to be, uh, I mean, they're obviously playoff bound. So you're talking about a team that's not in the lottery conversation, right? So you're talking about a team that you're probably looking at 20th plus, right? 20th to 32nd. Um, 
Tomas Hurdle to me is, I, I don't like the idea of pulling another, even Ryan Merkley. I don't like the idea of pulling another, um, what was his name, Goldobin, or, you know what I mean? I, I, I that to me, unless it's a I mean, super deep draft, you know, I, it's I just, not just the first round pick. No, and it's a back. prospect as well, exactly. right? You get the prospect as well, and so you probably end up pulling a player that's an NHL ready player to kind of backfill that position for the rest of the season. You okay. could have a first former first round prospect, right? Or a pick, a former a prospect that was a former first round pick, right? A first round pick, uh-huh. so that's two first round picks essentially, right? For hurdle, and maybe even another player. For a guy that won't even re-sign with that team and could possibly re-sign with the Sharks. A former first-round pick who was picked probably 20-somethingth overall. If this is a team that's, you know what I'm saying? Ryan Merkley was 21st overall. Yeah. I think that's a, a serviceable NHL player. He, serviceable, yes. Do I want serviceable out of uh, trade for Hurdle? Would you rather him walk for nothing? No, absolutely not, not. Absolutely not. But that's what I'm getting at. To me, this is this situation sucks. Yeah, I'd rather resign him. And I understand the the I understand the arguments for not resigning him. A lot of fans don't get it. A lot of fans are well. He's great. Why would you get rid of him? They're stupid. Fire the GM. No, that's not exactly how it works, guys. Like, yes, of course he's great. Of course we want him. Of course he said that he wants to come back. Um, he's also got to say certain things, right? He can't be like, yeah, no, I want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. So yeah. um, he's a guy that wants to win. He's a guy that wants to compete. And if the Sharks can't do that, and they're not looking like they're going to do that for the next three years or so, then does he want to sign a long-term contract and lock himself into this situation? Probably not. To me, it's going to look similar to the Eric Carlson trade where they're going to get some assets for the trade, and then there's going to be a caveat if he re-signs with that team. Yeah. You're going to kick back another first-round pick, another, I don't know, if it would be a prospect or maybe like multiple picks, right, yeah. for spread out throughout the next couple of years so that they could reap the benefits of not, the Sharks could reap the benefits of not signing or, or tra- and trading Hurdle. It might be too early for a roll call, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe we get, I at least want to hear opinions from everybody on this. Sure. Um, Let's do it. What, what was, <laughs> I don't know, what's the return you're looking for out of this? I what mean, would make you happy? What would make you happy? What would make you guys happy if the um, Sharks were to trade Hurdle? What would be <laughs> what would be a good return in your opinion? A realistic good return? Yeah, no, oh, Tavares and and no, yeah. come on. Um, and I think you know maybe if you bake in there that it's it's teams that are playoff bound, it's teams that you know have that hole to fill or whatever. But whatever, I don't need just specific. in general. Just, yeah, in general, are you looking for? I think the the basic here is first round pick. Um, high-end prospect and then probably just an NHL veteran player that's maybe on an expiring contract, whatever, just, you know, because they're probably going to need to dump some salary or whatever. Or Although contract. He's, yeah. yeah, or contract. Because, I mean, his contract is actually pretty good. I mean, it's really, really The Sharks reasonable. could also withhold salary. Yeah, that's true. If it's they only need to. One, right? one season, so, right. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested what you guys think would be a, a good return, a good realistic return. Um, for me, I, I, if we could convince him to resign, I'd be super happy with that. But I just don't want to waste the guy's time either. You know what I mean? Um, you take a look at Eklund in Sweden. I think somebody pointed out that he's got, in 20 games, he's got 11 assists, no goals, and a minus 11. And they're like, this is our future? It's like, well, yeah, yeah, that's part of our future. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to bum you out. but it's I going to be blown at this. Yeah, whatever. it's going to take time. He's going to get you know, different People's systems. expectations are so 
off yeah. for a lot of the stuff. Um, all right, so let's do roll call. Tell us where you're watching from and what would make you happy for a return for a realistic return for Hurdle. What would what do you think? I don't know. Not what you think would happen, but what would you be satisfied with? Yeah. How about that? The bare minimum you'd be satisfied with, because everybody would be satisfied with five first round picks, right? So give me give me the bare minimum that you'd be. Front ends in Hurdle to Tampa Bay for two first round picks. This and ne- this coming Probably draft, and this the next year, draft. next year, yeah. No, not. I think just two first round picks isn't enough because they're <laughs> going to be a great team for a few more years. And I just, I, again, you're probably looking at pick number twenty nine to thirty two for the next two years. To me, that is not hurdle worthy. About Sorry. Jaron Adams, Alex Lafreniere, and a first round pick. That would be baller. Lafreniere. Yes. Sorry, I terrible with French. I took Spanish. <laughs> um. This is a former first overall pick yeah. only two years ago. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the Rangers would Well, I don't want to say they're I don't know Rangers how he's wouldn't. doing though. How's he doing right? He's okay. Now? He's not superstar status yeah. at all. But he doesn't need to be because they have so many they have Panera on their team. They have right. so many right. stars on their team. So Yeah. Ben and Guntry said, if you don't want a late first round pick this year, how about two firsts in twenty three and twenty four plus assets? At least rolling the dice at the other team playing poorly in the future season. And he's in Thailand, by the way. Wow, nice. Do you live in Thailand or are you just visiting? Like you're in Thailand right now, by the way. Is that what you mean? He lives in Thailand. He lives there. Yeah. Uh, Lundy said he's in Minnesota and hurdle for Gaudreau and picks. <laughs> Lundy, man. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. your horizons past. Wait a minute. Yeah, I know. He didn't say Braun, right? Can what? you believe it? You gotta throw a three-way trade scenario in there where we get oh, yeah. Braun too somewhere. Oh, you did say it. We'd be better if Braun never left. Yeah, there it is. We got it. <laughs> Thanks, Lundy. <laughs> Lundy also said hurdle for Ovechkin. I think is what he's saying. Ovi forty-eight for Ovi. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. No, no, no way. No, um, Ovechkin's gonna stay in Washington. I can't imagine him ever leaving. I would say he would turn gray in Washington, but he's already done yeah. that. So so much salt. Yeah, he'll turn blood, Less maybe. pepper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. I did see somewhere um, trading Vlasic to Montreal <laughs> for Carey Price. Oh, yeah, of course. That's an interesting trade there. It's I, I don't hate that. Okay. I don't hate that. I mean, I, I don't I just, know that I particularly like I it. I threw that out of left field to you, sorry. But. No, I just, I don't know that I particularly like it. So, okay, what's what's the, uh, is there even a timetable on Carey Price? I'm looking, he makes $10.5 a, a year. <laughs> well, Vlasic makes seven, Yeah. right? So you're paying three and a half more. Right, but then you're paying two players, what, For a combined a, I 21 believe, million? Let me, I gotta look this up. Because, um Carey Price is paid through 25 26. So another after this season and the four seasons after this one, right? No, uh, no. <laughs> let me get, no. Let me get to. Uh, yeah, I'll go in this Vlasic. camera too. No, <laughs> no. Vlasic is seven million through the same timeline, so we're paying three and a half million more. What if they retained salary to match it? Would you rent carry price over 
Vlasic. If it's a, if it's a wash, and Carey Price at least has an opportunity to come back and has a much higher ceiling than Vlasic would have in his respective position. I mean, at worst, you have a very good one B goalie. Yeah, and you can develop leadership another goalie. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. I don't hate it, but no, no, I don't think I do that. That just seems like a trade, just for the sake of making a trade. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, what's the point? You've already got like how many? How many defensemen do we have out? Do we really need to take? I don't mean this trade deadline. I well, mean okay. this could be like in the summer. Sure. No, I don't like that either. So, All right. How about Capo Caco in a first round pick? Oh, that's interesting. I think. I'd rather have Lafreniere okay. than Capo Caco, although his name is awesome. Yeah. I think the name is worth some yes. money right there. Uh, hurdle to Winnipeg for some draft picks and Kyle Connor. Okay. Yep. I yeah, I'm taking that. that deal. I'm taking that deal. Uh, ben said it's time to blow up the team, maybe. Again, I said this last last episode, and Aaron's right, just it's our It's our yeah. next point. Our, our next point. It is our next point? Yeah. Oh, it's on the board there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I said this last time. Um, if Hurdle goes, I think it makes sense, and I'm okay with um, the Sharks going into full-blown rebuild mode now, 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 now. Jonathan Becker, on the other hand, disagrees. He's saying we're not going through a full-blown rebuild. We're not going to do that. Uh, I know you had said this is kind of what it looks like. This is what the Sharks rebuild looks like without them actually using the word. But I think this is what it... I don't think they're going through a rebuild right now. I think if they let Hurdle, if they send Hurdle away, which is totally justified, I think that opens the door for them to finally say, "Fine, we're rebuilding." Right? That for me, Hurdle's the last, the last straw for me. No, no. Okay. I think. I mean, I talked to the super producer Jason about this before the show about. Do you remember Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse? Yeah, and they had the word of the day. Yeah, I think rebuild. Ah! Rebuild is the word of the day. Okay. Or any, anytime anyone says it, we just go nuts. Like, <laughs> ah, you know, whatever. Um, they this is a rebuild. Okay, this is a rebuild. Okay, um, that they're just not blowing up the team to do it. They're slowly getting rid of the pieces. <laughs> it's not a rebuild then. It's not, because they need to still be entertaining. They need to still retain yeah. some of these guys. These guys can still play. Okay. They're not all dead weight. Vlasic maybe is probably the only exception right now. Right. Um, but I, to me, this this is the rebuild. They're going to do it slowly. Um, they're adding prospects. If you look at their prospects two years ago, yeah, they were the worst. Yeah, like one of the, maybe not the worst, but very very bottom worst five in the league. Two years later, I'd say they're middle of the pack. 15th. Yeah, that's fair. I think in another one to two years, they're going to be closer to ten, top ten in the league. Okay, I mean. Granted, they're getting higher-end picks, right. higher-end first-round picks being added. But they're slowly doing this because they cannot completely sell everyone off and tank. Um, they won't sustain it. Nobody's going to come to the games. Right now, people are still going to the games because it's a crapshoot. Are they going to win or not? I don't know, but they're not They're not the worst team in the league. They're not terrible. They're not Arizona. They're not Buffalo. I mean, okay, people want full rebuilds. This is, this is the notes that I have. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, let's look at Ottawa, Buffalo, and Arizona uh-huh. for their rebuilds. Mm-hmm. Ottawa blew up the team the year after Carlson blew Carlson. up the team. Yeah. 
The year after Carlson, they went to the conference finals. Yes. They sold off all the pieces. Dezingle was one of them. Right. Carlson was another one. Yep. What have they done since then? Cool. No, I'm not saying... No, 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 no. I'm not saying that it works necessarily. What I'm saying is to call it a rebuild, you're talking about blowing up the team. If this is the Sharks version of a rebuild, it's still a retool in every other sense of the word. Right. They're rebuilding their team, but they're doing it slowly and retooling. It's the same thing. No. It's the same thing. Retooling is just slower process than rebuilding. But that's just it. Everyone thinks of rebuild as we're selling everything. We're selling the farm. Let's start fresh again. You can't really do that. Unless you are a big market team. You certainly can't do it when you're holding on to contracts that have veteran players for longer term. So I don't see, that's why I don't necessarily see this team going into a full blown rebuild. But for me, if you're going to get rid of Hurdle, that opens the door. It's like we don't have, we got Timo Meyer. The rest of them are all veterans. They're all like aging veterans that have longer term contracts. I'm not too worried about it because we have some prospects that are going to fill some top six roles next season. Yeah. Maybe one or two. Sure. Bring in a couple free agents. Are they ready for those top six roles, or are doesn't, we just filling them in? Doesn't matter. You could bring in one top free agent. That's a sure. top six yeah, guy. Yeah. You're going to fill in some gaps now because, uh, well, we don't know what Kane's situation is going to be. But yeah. if Hurdle's not there and Kane's not there, that's a lot of money gone Ton. that you're going to be able to spend. I mean, they have to re-sign Meyer. They'll probably send, uh, give him a extension contract because it doesn't it doesn't expire until yeah the year after. And he's an RFA, so he's not going to be going anywhere. Right. Um, but anyway, most of that money they're going to be able to use to sign sure. a high-end draft pick. Now, all of a sudden, the team's going to be better than they were this year. What high-end draft pick, or I'm sorry, what high-end free agent wants to come to San Jose when one you don't have gets, Hurdle anymore? One that's going to get ice time. Okay. More ice time here than they would anywhere else. The weather doesn't suck. I mean, yeah, home prices are kind of <laughs> terrible, right? That's a big factor. It's a big factor for people that, hey... San Jose, the culture now is awesome. The team is is very cohesive. The weather is you can wear shorts practically year round. I, I will call it a factor. I don't Not know if the, it's, I, I don't know, no, no, no. I don't know if it's a big factor. I will call it a factor. The fin factor. The fin factor. <laughs> Tying it all together. There it is. Anyway, it's <laughs> Aaron wants to give up right now. Can we get the camera on Aaron right now? Just this, this is, is just, the face of defeat. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Anyway, would you rather look at Buffalo? Buffalo is the other example I had. They drafted Jack Eichel yeah. second overall, right? Because it was the McJesus year. Yes, and they never made. He's never made. Yeah. he's never played a playoff game. Absolutely. And there's and then what they do? They blew up the team again. Yeah. This is what I don't. This is why the Sharks cannot blow up the team because it will be never ending for, I think, a decade. I think the way that they're doing it, they're going to turn this team around. I think playoffs is more realistic next season than it was than it would be if they blew up the team. Like, you're just oh, not going to see playoffs for 10 years. No, when you blow up the team. I think we're going to see playoffs in two years. Yeah. Like the latest. Right. When you blow up the team, you have to expect the next four years or so are going to suck. Right? That, that's what you have to expect. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Sharks even necessarily could blow up their team because, again, they've got, they've got these these contracts that they... I don't want to say they can't move because then it makes it sound like they're necessarily bad contracts. And I know a lot of you are going to say, oh, they are bad contracts. But, I, I mean, you've said this, too. Some of these guys are getting paid for past performances. Exactly. And and, and that's okay, right? That's okay. Uh, Brent Burns' contract, I don't even hate Brent Burns' contract. There's nothing wrong with that contract. I know all of you hate Eric Carlson's contract, but honestly, when the guy's on, he's one of the best absolutely in the league. 
And if any, if we didn't pay him that much, I guarantee you there was at least another couple teams that would have gave him the same amount. Or sorry, eleven million instead of eleven and a half million. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's right there. There's teams that would have, have would have wanted his services, and that's how much his services cost. You want it? That's what you got to pay. Period. So uh, I mean, say what you will about it. If it's handcuffed the team and sort of you know the, the with the cap error and everything else, uh, but if you wanted them, that's what you had to pay, and the Sharks wanted them, so that's what they paid. Um, I again, for for me, rebuild is really just like anything we can get for any of the assets that we have. Um, and that's why I don't think that they really even could necessarily. But I'd be okay with them doing it now again because for me, Hurdle is like that last that last piece, right? If you get rid of Hurdle, even if they if they were to trade Meyer, if, if Hurdle and Meyer were switched in this respective scenario, if Meyer was the one that we were talking about being being moved, but Hurdle was still uh, had a couple more years on his contract, I would say, okay, maybe we still don't. Maybe we just get something for Meyer and then, you know, go from there. For me, Hurdle is part of that that leadership group, that heartbeat of the team. Mm-hmm. If he goes, it's almost like, yeah, just just may as well just dump anybody you can, right? There's a few exceptions, obviously. I think Ferraro, I said this last season, last episode too, was I would keep Ferraro around. But, I mean, at that point, yeah, anybody you can get something for, just, just unload. Yeah, that was my next question. Who are the untouchables? Yeah. I think Ferraro and Meyer. 100% uh, yeah. Ferraro. Meyer, I would say, I would say yes to mainly because he's an RFA still for me. To trade away? No, no, you hang on to him yeah, still. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the mainly because for me, he's, he's also an RFA. So mm-hmm. you can still kind of control that situation a bit more. Um, so for me, those two are yeah, pretty much untouchable. And it's it's funny because we didn't we didn't mention Logan Couture. Yeah, we didn't mention the captain in that. And I know a lot of you folks don't really care for Logan Couture as a captain, which I think is silly and ridiculous. And how could you possibly know if he's a good captain or not? If why? Because if oh, the record, you can be a good captain and have a team around you that's not not playing well. I mean, Jonathan Taves. Was he a good captain just when they won, and then he was a bad captain? You know, in the, the years uh, right after that, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that he kind of fell off the map as a captain. Mm-hmm. I think the team around him just didn't wasn't good. Does that make him a bad captain? I don't think so. Right. So I, I kind of I'm in the same boat with with Couture and just captains in general. I think it's an honor and everything, and you have to be a good captain to you have to have those qualities to be a good captain and pump up your team and do all the things that a captain ought to do, but. I don't think that you can look at the record and say, well, he's a bad captain. He's not working, right? That, to me, is – that doesn't correlate for me, you know? Right, yeah. So uh, it's, it's interesting, though, that we didn't call out Logan Couture as one of those guys. And part of that maybe is because of the contract and he's got years left and et cetera, yeah, et cetera. But, he's here through 26-27, yeah. so another five years after this season. To me, Couture, I could see being moved um, maybe if three, two, three years left yeah. on his contract because yeah. – He's so clutch in the playoffs. Um, he was, I believe, la- the last time they were in the playoffs, they got knocked out in the conference finals, and he was leading the league still in points. So yeah. he's always up there. Um, if you take a look at his history, uh, he's a clutch guy. Clutch score. He doesn't. He he gets you 60, 70 points in the season at most. Yeah. But in in he's like point per game plus in the postseason. Yeah. 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 So that's the kind of, kind of guys that people usually or teams go after to, to bring to their team, and he's very defensive responsibly. So he's a good two way forward. I think at that point later in his career, he's going to be he would be a killer third line center. Oh, like totally. You'd be stacking your team with him. 
Um, I'm sure the Sharks have maybe retained some salary. I mean, this is years down the road. Yeah. This is, wouldn't be anytime soon. But And hopefully by then, the salary cap goes up so much, you know, like See, six and years I guess, from now. And I guess this is part of uh, what you're calling a rebuild. Like, this is the slowest rebuild process ever. Then. If you're talking <laughs> about, oh, yeah, three years down the road, this is part of the rebuild. Like... Then no, we've I'm already just, been rebuilding for a couple of years. According, to, oh, we're I'm still just, retooling. Like. I'm just saying, like, uh, if they were to trade Couture, I could see it yeah. happening. Then I don't see it happening anytime before that. Yeah, sure. No, I, I mean, I don't see it happening earlier either. I mean, again, he's got years. He's yeah. got many years on his contract. There's no reason to move him. So, uh, Anthony Sanchez yeah. just asked what happened to LeBanc. He had a shoulder uh, surgery. Yeah, he separated it. I think. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and this is back in Christmas time. Yeah, you said December. I yeah, thought he was. I thought he was missing more of the season because he just seemed like a total ghost to me. But it right. was. It yeah. Was, yeah. Does he yeah. Mean his contract? What happens? Oh, is that what he means? His contract? What no, happens I think to LeBanc? Oh, oh, for maybe maybe he's asking about being traded. Oh, um, he's nothing. got two more seasons after this at four point seven five. Yeah. The only way someone he could get moved is if the Sharks retain salary. I think. If that's a $2 million player, that's a good third-line, second-power player, or power-play specialist, basically. You're, you're not having. trading a whole heck of a lot for him, though. Well, you can probably get some draft picks. you got a handful of games uh, from this season. You don't not, are not sure how not this guy's going to come year. back. No, no, I, yeah. that's fine, but I'm just saying it's not if, – if that was a scenario, if the scenario was he was getting traded this season because he said what happens mm-hmm. – um, if he was getting traded this season, it's not. He a just guy clarified. That, do I mean do we trade the bank or do we keep him? He, I oh. think you keep him at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Because I don't think any teams would be. I think he was a guy. In. First of all, he's he's underperforming, yeah. and he's coming off of sol- shoulder surgery, um, and he's paid a lot of money more than he should be. So yeah. I don't think he's tradable. Really, I don't think any team would take a chance on him. I mean, if they did, great, we'll take the assets. But I mean, again, LeBanc was a sixth or seventh round pick. Yeah. And he's turning into an NHL regular. That's that's a pretty good, yeah. pretty good pedigree there. And for all the people that always, you know, bag on the, on the, um, what's it, the development, the Sharks development. I think they do a fantastic job. In fact, going into so going into the trade or the the um, draft this yeah. year, um, right now the Sharks have everything except a second round pick. So they have a first, third, fourth, fifth for buff from Buffalo, which is even better. Yeah. Sixth, and then three seventh-round picks because they love, they love those seventh-round seventh picks. Um, they have their own. They have Arizona's, and they have Minnesota's. So that um, Arizona pick will be very. I think right now they're the worst in the league. You so got it wrong, the by the way. They don't have a fifth, and they have five sevenths. No, they do it they because Joe Will's going to trade the fifth. Yeah. We already know, and we're going to get two more seventh seventh-round picks. <laughs> Plays his cards right. He can anyway, get two sevens for the sixth. I fully expect the Sharks to make some trades before by the deadline, and I bet they will have a second round pick. If Hurdle goes, they should definitely have another first round pick. That would be yeah. two first round picks. So two guys in the top thirty drafted guys. Uh, that's pretty good to add to your prospect sure. list. And then another, if they get another second round, that'd be fantastic. I would be very happy uh, with that later round pick if that if it just turns out to be a gem. Somebody that uh, the other teams passed on, didn't scout correctly, whatever, and all of a sudden, boom, he's prospect. You, know, you mean a uh, uh, draft pick? I'm oh, say. yeah. Okay. So if other teams had passed on him for whatever reason, and sharks snag him up, and they're very happy to have him, and he just kind of not, not explodes like oh first line superstar, but if he became like even the second line guy, when you get out of the top, depending on the draft year, yeah. I'd say top. 
five to ten. Yeah. I'd say the first first five picks are guys that most likely could play in the NHL right away. Then you get outside of that five to ten range, I'd say five to fifteen or five to twelve. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who's gonna be playing in a year from then. Then you get to the later one, and still in the first round, I'd say the twelve to the twentieth pick. You're talking two years, and then past that's gonna be two to three, depending on the player. And yeah, then, past yeah. that it's still pretty much a crapshoot though. Right. Yeah. And that's why Joe Will likes to say to trade down because mm-hmm. uh, the difference between a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick in terms of skill level and the propensity to find himself on an NHL roster is not that much. So if you can swing and hit on one of the two sevenths, it's better than rolling the dice on the one fifth, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> so it, yeah, we keep kind of bouncing back and forth in this whole first round <laughs> thing. Like I again for me. You know how I am. I like the known good. And that was one of the reasons I, I was like, hey, let's trade that first round for Evander Kane. Because I know what Evander Kane brings. I'm happy mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I still think that's the right call or was the right call. Now, the long term, obviously, was not so hot. But what he brought was exactly what we needed, exactly what we thought we were going to get. As opposed to using that draft pick on a player... Who knows which player they decided to pick. You can go back and see which player they grabbed for that pick, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that was on the Sharks' list, right? The Sharks might have wanted somebody else, and that player may or may not have turned out to be the goal scorer that Evander Kane was, uh, the force on the ice that Evander Kane was. Obviously, that all went south, but in the time that he did spend in San Jose that was fruitful, he was definitely worth that first-round pick. Mm -hmm. So... um, for me, like I said, I like the known good. If we could get Hurdle back in here, uh, I would totally do it. I'd be very happy to do it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I to all signs point to he's going to be traded. He should be traded. Um, and that's just the reality of it. It's a sad reality, but that's the reality of it. I mean, we're talking about this for a while, and I bet he's going to sign an eight by eight contract. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, that's the other that's the other side of this coin. If he signs eight by eight, would now, you be happy with that? I'd be happy to have him back, but dude, we got a lot of money tied up. Mm-hmm. You got to unload one of those bigger contracts, and you got to do it before it expires. And he's twenty eight years old. So eight by eight, that puts him at thirty six. Mm-hmm. Before you, are you happy with that? Are you happy to have him until he's thirty six? I don't know, man. He's. I don't want to say he's injury prone, but those knees took a beating in a couple years. I don't know if I would like to me, and, and I think someone had mentioned this earlier. No more eight-year contracts. Yeah, like sign guys four to five years from now on. Yeah. Uh, Lundy said hurdle for Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux is an interesting one. I thought hurdles. Let's say hurdle is traded. Okay. Claude Giroux is a UFA after this year. Okay. What if the Sharks brought in Claude Giroux? As their second line center next year, as a UFA, because he's going to be a UFA unless he you know resigns with the team. He gets so, you, but then you would trade a hurdle for trade hurdle for whoever, draft picks you know, and then go to the UFA market and get closure. I'm, yeah, who cares? Okay. Forget hurdle. Let's just assume hurdle is gone right. and it gets traded. Then we go and get Claude Giroux yeah. as a second line center. I mean, look, there's going to be tons of players that are going to be on their expiring contracts or have expired their contract, and then they're going to be looking for a team. But again, for me, the question is why the Sharks? Why do these guys, especially Claude Giroux, who's kind of up there, right? He's getting up there. Yeah. 
Um, why would he want to come to the Sharks, a team that's missed the playoffs three years in a row? For ice time, I don't think he cares that much about having more ice time. I think he'd like to have a uh, you know. An I mean, cup. Drew's thirty-four. Sign him three-year deal. I don't. No, I don't. I don't know, man. He still scores. How old was Pavs? Thirty-five. Problem with Pavs is he wanted term. He yeah, wanted he wanted three years. He wanted three years, but when you hit that thirty-five age, if you get hurt or you're terrible yeah. or you buy him out, you're stuck with that salary. I think that's what the Sharks were worried about. And how old's Claude Giroux again? 34. 34. Well, they learned their lesson with Pavelski for not signing him. I don't give him... Well, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Okay, here's... I'll just name, like, these are the top 10 guys that are free agents going into next season. Okay. Uh, Evgeny Malkin. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they signed Malkin, Malkin, right? <laughs> but how much is he going to cost of injury yet? prone. Well, he just made $9.5 That's the salary he's coming off. I don't think he would cost that much. And he's 35. Uh, P.K. Subban. No, thanks. Claude Giroux. Yes. Phil Kessel, still only 34. Can you believe that? This guy's been playing forever. Patrick Laine is... I go is, after Phil Kessel. I do. Laine is an RFA. So that would be an interesting if they traded for him. Is right. Laine another head case, though? He's a goal scorer. I don't think he's a head case. He went from Winnipeg, where he was the man. Yeah. He got demoted because Kyle Connor took over his spot. Right. And he got less ice time. So he got traded to Columbus, and then he was under Tortorella for a hot minute until he got fired. And now Columbus is a terrible team. Like, they don't have enough pieces for him. He is you, – you line him up with – I don't know. That's, that's a whole other He's story. He's an RFA. The only way you're getting him is through a trade then. In the offseason, you could trade for his rights to yeah. sign him and all that, possibly. Um, Chris Letang is another one. Marc-Andre Fleury, interesting. He's 37, though. Matthew Kachuk is another RFA. Pavelski is a UFA. Matthew Kachuk? RFA. That Calgary's going to sign him long term. Uh, uh, Patrice Bergeron. You wouldn't want Bergeron? How old is he? 36. There you go. If you're talking about, there's a difference here now. If you're talking about stopgap, how about Johnny, then fine. Johnny Gaudreau? He's only 28. Oh, I take him all day. He's, that's a left winger right there. All day. Mr. Anyway, Hockey. There's lot like again, there's Johnny lots Hockey. there's tons of UFA that could come in and fill roles for guys that we trade away, right? Tons of guys. The question is how much money do we have left after all this is said and done? And uh, you know, if you're letting a, a bunch of these guys go, yeah, you probably have a pretty good purse to work with, right? Uh, so that's the first question. The second question is why do they want to come to San Jose unless you're promising them, look at all the guys that we're going to sign in free agency, right? Look at all these aging veterans that you just named off 36 years old, 34 years old, 37 years old, whatever. Like there's why do they want to come here, right? Don't tell me the weather. Don't tell me the weather. The guys not... the guys want to play in the NHL. What if they don't have any other offers? If they don't have any other offers, I don't know that we want them. Why aren't why isn't anybody offering these guys? Are you anything? kidding I'm me? I'm telling you, dude, there's a Who reason. Are you? There is a reason. Dear Lord, man. It's the same. Just saying. Anyway, You're ridiculous. Um, you wanted to talk about players other than Hurdle that are leaving or that could Correct. be leaving. So, so the trade market, yeah. if you will. Yeah. A lot of times it's like look at uh, Barkley Gaudreau. Mm-hmm. He was I think he was kind of a shock for us because he had two years left on his contract. Big he wasn't, time shock. He wasn't a UFA. I don't think anyone really saw yeah. that coming. Yeah. Um, but the Tampa Bay Lightning were like, we want this guy. Why? Because he was a penalty killer mm-hmm. and that's what they needed. Sharks are not a great team, but what is really great 
is their penalty kill is second in the league. Yeah. They are elite penalty killers. Who is leading that on the penalty killing? Who are our four forwards that normally play? Oh, God. Logan Couture is usually out there. Right. Uh, Couture and Hurl sometimes, but Nieto? Yes, Nieto. Thank Cogliano, you. Cogliano. Bonino. All free agents. All UFA. <laughs> Last year of the contracts. So this year, this year's UFAs yeah. are Dezingle, which would be great if they get any assets for Dezingle. Yeah, they pick free. Them up for free. Yeah. Uh, Cogliano, Barabanov, who could be in the top six on a team. Uh, and Megna, which would be an interesting add for as a defense, like a depth defense. Yeah, I think Megna is one of those guys that brings, you know, he doesn't bring anything phenomenal, but you can get a return for him, sure. Um, so the guys that have a uh, contract expiring after next season, so they have two years left, basically, like Barkley Goudreau did, yeah. is both goalies, Reimer and Hill. I could see Reimer going because the team would be like, we have a rookie goalie or a guy who's kind of shaking, hasn't played much playoffs, we want to veteran backup that could take over if they need to and be solid and not be yeah. terrible. Um, I'm not saying this could happen, but it, I think teams would be interested. Sure. Aiden Hill, I don't think teams would be interested in because he's too young. Um, but Bonino and Nieto. Aiden Hill's sample size is still really small. Right. I don't see that. But who are the other two now? You Bonino said? and Nieto. Yeah. I could see them going to a very strong team. Which, again... Like you said, penalty killers, and if that's where a team is struggling, especially going into the playoffs, you need that depth. Absolutely. And they're both veteran. Right. And so, let's see. I can see that for sure. I want to see. Um, i got to pull it up now. The show. I want to see what their salaries are. I know Nieto's not getting paid much. I was, I was talking to Nick, um, our, our friend Nick, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about Reimer, actually, and how um, – He's been playing so many games in a row yeah. now. Yeah. He's like, why aren't they giving Sachenko? They have no no faith in Sachenko. And I'm going, well, I wonder how much of this is they're just seeing if they can make that that one last little bit of a push so they're riding him. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they're giving the scouts something to showcase, like something to look at. Possibly. You know I mean? yeah. The only problem I would have with that scenario is, dude, if you're playing this guy that many games in a row and he gets injured, there you go. And it's not like he's he's a spring chicken. He's getting up there in age two, so you're really getting. Uh, he's thirty three. He's not that old. He's not that old, but he's he's on the latter half of his sure. career, right? Has this guy played that many games in the NHL? I mean, I'm sorry, in in a season. Has he played that many games in a season? I think his most is probably forty something. Yeah. No, I so agree. So he just strung how many together in a row? Yeah, I don't even was, know. I thought it was like 10 or something like that. I forgot really? what it was. Because yeah, Aiden Hill's been out for so long. Yeah, yeah but there's out. a break in there, too, because sure. of the All-Star break. Sure, but he's still night in, night out. Yeah. So, I mean, this I is was a kind lot of shocked. For him. I was shocked he was in today against Seattle. I thought Sachenko. I actually thought Aiden Hill was going to come back by then, and, but he's still not out. And actually, before you finish what you wanted to look up there, um, I, I just want to say James Rammer is doing a phenomenal job in that. Um, I can't I can't look at the losses that had been piling up previous and say this is all on James Rammer. Um, again, you have to look at the Sharks, uh, not for the, the big pie that is Sharks. You have to look at all the ingredients that go into that pie. And on a different <laughs> nightly basis, there are different ingredients. Sometimes you got pecans, sometimes you got almonds, sometimes you got cranberries. I don't know. But it's 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 a different team makeup um, than what you started the season off with. And he's doing the best he can in the pipes with guys that and we've got so many defensemen that are out. He's mm-hmm. doing the best he can with what he's been given. And um, I think 
he's done a bang up job. He really has. So um, a lot of these losses, I, again, you guys thought it was me saying uh, I'm a Martin Jones apologist. It's not a Martin Jones apologist. It's that I look at the goaltender's job and I look at the people around the goaltender that are supposed to be providing him support. And when they're not, I just call it out. Sorry if you think that I'm apologizing for the goalies, but that's he's, what it is. He's started 32 games this season. Yeah. Now, and his save percentage is 916. I mean... Martin Jones, want, Martin Jones had the low bar of 897. <laughs> you know, anyone over 900, you're like, oh, this guy is great. Right. 916 is fairly exceptional for yeah. a team that has not been doing well. The Sharks would not be where they are. Absolutely. If they did not have James Reimer. I think uh, MVP to him and Meyer, those sure, two guys. Sure, yeah. Probably defensive MVP to Reimer and offensive MVP to, uh, or I'm sorry, defensive to Reimer, offensive to Meyer. Um I think I said that right. And you did say it right the first time. Okay. <laughs> it, came, it sounded funny. It's funnier that you corrected yourself. So. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so the cost of those players. Okay. That, that's what I was looking up. Um, Dezingle, 1.1, surprisingly. Cogliano's yeah. 1. Barabanov is 1. Nieto is 850. That is a bargain, man, for what he gives to the team. All those guys easily move to teams. It doesn't matter how up against the cap space they are. Every last one of those guys at those contracts, yep. very easy to move. Yep. And and we're not expecting – there's no first-round picks coming back. No, no, no. But, Although Bark Yordrello did fetch a first-round pick, but the Sharks had to trade a third round, I believe. Yeah, they got right. a first, but they gave up a third and Goodrow. Which could happen. Maybe we'd trade one of our draft picks to make that pick coming back better. Yeah. You know? I mean, basically trading, at that point, trading our third round for our first round is basically trading it for a second round. Because Tampa Bay won the cup, and yeah. so it was the last pick right. in the draft. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect you know more assets coming in here. UFA market is not hot this year, correct? Uh, there's not that many. Just looking at that list of guys, there's not a lot on there. Um, there's more RFAs that would be like, ooh, those guys are up, but you're like, no. Um, Anthony Sanchez says Reimer isn't going anywhere. Well, we shall see. I mean, the Sharks would have to replace him because Hill's not yeah. going to be. Like outside Chanko, like he's got plenty of rest. Carey Price. <laughs> I'm not spending another then, ten million dollars. Then on there would be a reason to get Carey Price if Reimer went out the door. I think if you're going to spend eleven and a half million on Eric Carlson, you really have to stop trying to spend ten million dollars on other players, especially players that are out right now, and you're not sure how, if and when they're going to be coming back. I don't think you do that. I understand it's only three million dollars more, but it's still three million dollars more for the what? same amount of years. What if it was Vlasic and another player that's a terrible contract? We can talk then, right? We can talk. What if it was Vlasic and Shimmick going out the door? Vlasic and Shimmick. Shimmick's two point something, isn't he? Uh, what if it was Vlasic and <laughs> LeBanc going Let's out the door? Let's just keep throwing some... Okay, if it's Vlasic and LeBanc, I take him. There. If it's Vlasic it's and winner. LeBanc... If because it's, it's less money. If it's Vlasic and LeBanc, Partially less price. money. Kind of less money because yeah. LeBanc's contract is up after... Uh, what is this contract up? Three years. In a bag of bucks. Are we playing Monopoly? Okay, what if I... <laughs> Park Place, but it's mortgaged. Oh, Anthony Sanchez. God. Don't be surprised if EK65 is dealt this year with the Sharks 
taking back salary. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt that um, just because of the of the injury status, I think. Yeah. For, for me, it's not even the money because they'll make the money work. But um, for me, it's the injury status stuff. I think teams might be a little too scared, um, at least this season. Maybe next season if he plays closer to like 70-something games, um, teams won't be uh, put off by it. But I mean, it depends on the salary retaining. I mean, people would take him for half yeah. that salary. Um, I actually have a, a hot take I can't say on on camera here, but I have a, a, I have to talk with you after the show's done. <laughs> so sorry, I didn't mean to just kind of creepy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sonic Tonic yeah. uh, said, "Agreed. I'm annoyed. Bugner seems 100 percent opposed to playing Sachenko ever, but that said, I'm really proud of Reimer. Um, I have a feeling once the Sharks figure out, probably in this next week, that they're not a they're not going to be a playoff team." <laughs> That we're going to see Sachenko. Yeah. If assuming Hills hurt still, um, I bet we see Sachenko in net just to kind of give him some more NHL action. Yeah. Um, he does have two relief appearances, but no starts this season. And there's no reason not to. Right. So. Yep. Then they'd be really like, yeah, give us a better draft pick. We want a lottery pick. <laughs> That's when you know. Oh, is that one you know? Oh, Reimer, you, your elbow looks sore. You should go on the IR for a couple weeks. <laughs> anyway. Some Mo Tussin. Uh, Shake it up. Upcoming games for this week. Sure. Only three. Tuesday night in Vegas. That'll be an L. <laughs> Just right away, huh? Just, yep. Okay. Uh, I mean, the Sharks are banged up right now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're so... I mean, so is Vegas, but Vegas has... I don't know more. I mean, Eichel's back. That's that's a killer. Yeah, they've got a lot more firepower. Uh, so Tuesdays in Vegas. Saturday is home against Nashville. Okay, it's a 5 p.m. start, which is odd. And then uh, the next day, another back to back. So it, they have a break from Tuesday to Saturday, right? But then it's a back to back, which is NHL so weird doing that. So they're going, but it's Anaheim, so they're not going far. It's only an hour flight. Right. So they're going to be playing in Anaheim, and again, another 5 p.m. start, which means our next show will be next Sunday, normal time, 9 p.m. Yay! Yeah. And it'll be after a game, too. It'll be, yeah, post-game. Yeah. So what do you think? Three games on the docket. I don't know what to think anymore, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I don't know what team is showing up, and I don't mean the whole stereotypical, oh, the Sharks have are, are two teams, they're Jekyll and Hyde. Every fan base says this about their team, right? Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. Um, what I mean to say is I don't know physically, like literally, who's going to be in the lineup that <laughs> night because people are getting injured or they're swapping in. Hey, by the way, Scott Reedy getting yep. his first goal for Santo goal and Gadjevich, yep. although that one was uh, off the foot. and <laughs> Totally meant to do that. Hey, right? man. You crash the net, good things happen. They don't ask good how. on you. They don't ask how. They don't ask how. Just they how ask how many, many and he's got one. Yeah. So, uh, and same with Scott Reed. He's got half as many as Gregor. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy, dude. Actually, no. Gregor's up. Didn't he get another one? He got another he's one. He's got three. Right? He's got three, doesn't he? Oh, he's got. Tell me he's got three. No, he still has two. He has two. Okay. He still has two. Now, I know he didn't get one tonight. Uh, no, and I saw him tonight. They were like, Gregor, and, and like he had to he had to step on the guy, and look, he was going to grab the puck and cut in and have a, like a, a break on his own, and he just lost the puck. Since we've talked last week, his shooting percentage went down from 2.2 to 2.1%. The only player worse than him in the NHL in terms of scoring goals? No. The Donfather. Really? He has a goal this season. 
No way. And he has more shots. Uh, Probably more. But um, in terms of like shooting percentage for someone that's taken over 60 shots or something, those two guys are leading the league in the the way you don't want to lead. Wow. (laughs) Not golf course stuff, huh? Right. Oh, well. Um. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I, I'm. I'm still on the anybody but Noah Gregor at this point train, and I don't. I. I don't dislike <laughs> there, there the is guy. Nobody. There is. They Reedy. brought in Scott Reedy, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, he got a goal. So who'd they sit? That Dolan's out, right? Is yeah. he injured? No. Put him back in, Dolan. Yeah. No. I think Dolan's out of shape. I don't care. I think he took that All Star break and he went hard, and he's out of shape. <laughs> He didn't touch the puck. He didn't touch the skates. He didn't do anything. That's what I think. Plus, you know, 82 games is a grind, man. These yeah. guys are not used to it. That's that's the other thing. It takes probably three or four seasons for a player to really get used to playing 82 games. I, no, I, and, and I'm on board with that. I get that. But I guess my point is, even an out-of-shape, um, coming off of, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, all-star break hangover, uh, Dolan is probably getting more goals at this point than 100% Gregor. The poor guy, I, and again, I, it's not like I just I have it out for him and I just hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. I, he just, he's snake bit. He can't put the puck in the net. He can't. So I, until he changes his game to do something that's a little more valuable to the team, scoring goals ain't it. So I don't know. For me, if you're looking for depth scoring, putting him on the rink... Ain't going to get you what you're looking for. He's getting chances. He's getting lots of good chances. He can't put the puck in the net. He can't put the puck in the net. You know what's funny? Uh, I was reading Elliot Friedman uh, of Sportsnet. I think he's on Sportsnet. Okay. He put together five players to watch at the trade deadline. And no Gregor was on it. No. Yeah. Watch him do what? I was like, yes, absolutely. This guy is a top five guy that needs to be <laughs> traded. Yes. Thank you, Elliot Friedman, for putting that on everyone's radar. Um, because if you look at the advanced stats, because of his chances for versus the chances against, he's up there. Okay, so here's my question. And it's Corey. his speed. It's his speed. that that He has elite NHL speed. Sorry. Uh, Corey Massasak, maybe he can help me out with this one. What is the stat... That's telling everybody that that Noah Gregor should be a top five guy to look at. Chances right? for versus chances against. Wonderful. How about what, it? Doesn't expected goals for count for anything anymore? Yeah. Okay, good. So is he he's expected ex- to score? Expected to score a ton of goals. He's expected to. So he has bad this luck. This is why I have problems with advanced stats that start with the word expected. He's expected oh, to. God, you're so he's got a two point one percent shooting percentage. Doesn't the basic such, stat count for anything anymore? You're such an old man waving his fist to get, get off, off my, my lawn. lawn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, Super Producer Jason's meter on my mic is just bouncing off the red line right now. But yeah. whatever. I'm just saying he can't he can't put the puck in the net. I am <laughs> not disagreeing with you. I'm saying he should be somebody else's problem. Look, do we want a? D- <laughs> the do problem we- is <laughs> the Sharks are going to trade him. They're going to get like a third round pick for him, and then all of a sudden he's going to be a 20 goal scorer. That's what's going to happen. Fine, then good for him. If he needs to change the scenery, do it, but it ain't working in Teal. It's not working in Teal. 
That's all I'm saying. Do we want a team of theoretically awesome players? They're all expected to score and they don't. Is that what we should want? Oh, man, if you can make an all-roster team of that. <laughs> How many I'm times can they hit the post and not score? It's just, it's just, and again, I don't hate the guy. And if he's watching right now, I don't hate you. I just wish you could finish putting the puck in the net because apparently you're getting tons of chances and you're a top five in the eyes of people that should be getting traded. I don't I don't know, man. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the line between advanced stats and reality is supposed to be drawn. Paul needs to learn how to read, and then he will understand these better. What am I? I'm not reading? What am See? I not reading? See, he's not reading. Whatever. Anyway, I'm just saying. All right, three games. What do you think? Yeah, three Vegas, games. Nashville, Anaheim. I'm with you on the Vegas loss. I think that one's kind of everyone's going to guess that, right? And for good reason. Um, in terms of Nashville, I just don't know enough about Nashville and how they're doing this season. Anaheim, again, Anaheim's a really good team. Um, I think we can beat them. I think we can beat them. Okay, right now in the standings, Anaheim is in fifth in the division, but it's very tight. They're ahead of LA or no? Uh, LA is in second. Really? Yes. It goes, you know what? They went on a big win streak uh, recently, though. Eight, one, and one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Calgary, who went nine and one, um, they're at sixty-eight points with two games in hand over LA, who are at sixty-five points. So Calgary is just lighting it up as well as Los Angeles. Yeah. Vegas is actually four, five, and one. And in the last, last 10, ten, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're at sixty-two points. Edmonton's right behind at sixty-one. And then Anaheim's right behind that at 59, and Vancouver's behind them at 58. It is very tight, those last, the last right. two spots in the division. And then there's us at, what, like 55? 54 after 54. tonight. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, it's, I mean, we're out of it. We're done, it. I think uh, it, someone said, I'm going to make a bold prediction that Vegas does not make playoffs. And I laughed at it and then looked at the standings and they go, oh, oh. There's, a, there's a good <laughs> chance that that could happen. Yeah. Because Edmonton, since Woodcroft took over, new coach, yeah, and adding Evander Kane, they've yeah. turned things around. They're now 6-4 and four in their last 10 instead of 1-9 uh, or something. See, and again, people are going to go, see, Evander Kane, no, not no, bad for no. the locker room. No. And, and then, yeah, for the first couple years. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know what, again... I said it. I'm sure he was thinking it or said it too. I wish him all the best. He's going to go to a team, Edmonton, and he's going to do well. And he's going to be very good for that team to start off at least. Right? Cool. The guy needs to get one-year contracts from here on out. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. And, again, I'm glad that he's found a spot where it works for him for now. But I don't want to hear, we should have kept Evander Kane. (laughs) Like, that's... That's not the case. It's just not the case. So I'm again happy for him. Uh, good for Edmonton. Um, you know, kind of turning things around and whatnot. I can't believe they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and they're turning things around. That's well, they can two guys can only do so much. Well, they could do a lot though. When yeah. they're one two in terms of yeah. points, like season in, season out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it would be fantastic if the Sharks go in and beat Vegas. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> to play spoiler and knock Vegas out of the playoffs. Well, we'll let, let's. I want you to finish talking about this, but I want to put something out to them so they can comment while you're talking about it. Is sure what happens if the Sharks go on, on a, a stupid run? 
It's not gonna happen. Okay, they're... it's not gonna happen. But what happens if the sharks go on a stupid run? Um, and they're really close. Do you think that they still are thinking? Well, let's continue with our rebuild. Are if they can... still trade to hurdle, are we? If we're right there, but maybe do we still go for it? That's in three weeks from now. Yeah, they would have to basically not lose a game for three weeks. Yeah, it's not. Happening. That's not happening. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if they were to creep up that close. To the to the to the wild card position. Do you think it makes the decision a little bit tougher? No, no. no. You just go forward with it. That's just not. So in your mind, that. hurdles already gone. <sighs> He's either already gone or he's saying an eight by eight. If I'm hurdle, I don't know if I want to sign for eight I just, years. I just don't think there's like an in between there. Yeah, it's either all in or all out. That's what I feel like. Okay. There you go. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm posing the question. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to think. I want to know what they think. See, this is this is the way the show works. Aaron is that it's a conversation. They think it's late and we should go to bed. <laughs> Probably true. Um, yeah. Anyway, go ahead and finish uh, what you were. Uh, I was just saying they could play spoiler at least for this week if they beat Vegas and then Anaheim beats us. That would jump Anaheim up even closer to right. Vegas. That stuff. It's everything is so close. Right. right. So. You think we're getting two points out of this? I'm going to go on a limb and say we beat Vegas, and then we lose to Nashville and Anaheim. Okay. Just like a in-your-face Vegas and then shut it down. Yep. Okay. I, I'm going to say we're getting two points, but I don't think it's happening against Vegas. I think it, I think we get two points against Anaheim. Okay. And I think we uh, kind of accidentally play spoiler to, to Anaheim and Vegas kind of... Brings themselves up a little higher there. <laughs> Unintentional, but mm-hmm. I think that's what happens. See, the other thing is the teams that are more on the cusp of playoffs are going to be playing harder mm-hmm. than the ones that are like have a comfortable lead. Sure. Not that Vegas has a very comfortable league, but I think um, like Nashville. Nashville is in fourth in their division, uh, one point behind Minnesota for yeah. third. So it's very tight with them. Um, yeah. I, I just think that's going to be a harder game. Okay. All right. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Um, did any responses come through on that, that question? I just want to see if anybody had any responses there. Mm, nope. Anything interesting to uh, to bring up in the comments there? Or are we uh, good uh, to go here? Front end Zen said Noah Gregor will break out of his slump soon. <sighs> no, he won't. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, will, he will not. He will he's not been breaking out. out of a slump he, for a long time. Bro, he's trying to break out of a slump. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. He'll score one more goal, and it'll happen probably in the next, like, week or two. Oh, and then, that's going on in a limit and, and then And then he'll he'll go right back to where he was. But for that first week or two, <laughs> for that first week or two, all I'm going to do is come on this show and listen to your comment telling me about, see, I told you. I told you he was going to break out of a slump. Right. Okay, let's watch out for the rest of the season, and then I'm going to throw it right back in your face. And you don't want that, because I like you, sort of. So. <laughs> if Hurdle gets dealt, I see him going to Florida. I would hope so. Yeah, I want him. Him and Jumbo together would be cool. Look, if he gets dealt, I want him to go wherever he has the best chance at winning, period. I still like the guy, and I want success for him. Okay. I could see him in Colorado, uh, Florida, or uh, what was the other one? Boston. 
He's been linked to Boston. Bo- yeah, well, he's got the body for it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He would be uh, probably the second-line center because they kind of need one right now. Oh, okay. Bigger guy. They're kind of small. Um, Lundy just had a comment that uh, Super Producer Jason put on the screen. Can you put that back there for me real quick there? It was asking about viewers. Yeah, is this low viewers than usual if he's talking about the show? Well, uh, that's why we ask uh, for your guys' help on that. So when you see us going live, if you can retweet us out or share us or whatever it is to your uh, Sharks friends and family, uh, get us out there. That's how the show grows. That's how you can help support the show. You can also do that by going to thefinfactor.com and getting uh, some T-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, fanny packs. We have uh, this wonderful canteen here. So we've got stuff that you can do to uh, support the show. Also, uh, Super Chat, uh, if you would like to do that while we're going live, make sure that your comment gets read out. Uh, we've done that every single time we see a, a super chat come in. We immediately stop the show, uh, throw a parade, and then uh, we read that, that that one off, that question off, <laughs> and address it immediately. Also, Venmo we have. I know a lot of folks don't like uh, giving because I guess uh, YouTube takes a little bit of it. So if you want to do it without having to give to, to YouTube as well, you can go through Venmo at the Fin Factor. Again, we'll hopefully Super Producer Jason's checking that. And if we uh, get that comment, we will address it right then and there, or we will uh, handle it the next show I guess yeah. so we can bring that up there all good ways to support the show if you guys are enjoying it we do appreciate you uh, doing anything and everything that you can so there you go anything last second thing or are we wrapping this up nope let's do it wrapping it up okay again guys thank you so much for tuning in we appreciate you and we love having the comments please do all those things I already said uh, twice let's do it again okay um that's it. So for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week on Sunday post game. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com, where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.